0: Yeah, what a way to start episode 85 of the Metal Cell Podcast. This is Richie, your host, and you were just listening to possibly one of the singles of the year, courtesy of A Sect, and the song was Sky Burial, featuring Bjorn from Soilwork. And you're wondering why they released it on the 9th of August at quarter past three? Well, it's simple, because it was exactly a year ago to the day that they took to the new Blood stage at Bloodstock, what a festival that is, I went there five years in a row and I can understand the lads wanting to dedicate that song to Simon Hall and everybody at Bloodstock. Really cool gesture lads and they also wanted to mention um, that the music was recorded by Mick Richards of course um, at Track Mick Studios and the lads said to say that his attention and patience to detail was second to none. A big shout out to Kelvin as well at Serpent Tusk Studios for the incredible artwork for the track. And if you haven't seen it, you're missing out. Great to know as well that the t-shirts will be available soon for that terrific artwork. And lads want to thank everybody that has gotten behind the track and helped them share it far and wide. And just to be sure to check out all their stuff on Bandcamp and social media stuff as well so big shout out to dave on guitar aiden on guitar luke on drums and willow on bass lads as i said knocked it out of the park with that track and it certainly gets better every time you listen to it and thanks for giving it to me to open a great show that i have lined up for everybody today and of course this week's show is about parhelia and i'll just give you some details about the band in case you don't know much about them and the current members of parhelia are greg clark who plays guitars keys effects and cahill rogers who does bass and keys the lads formed in 2005 out of the demise of a band called revile and they recorded their first ep between december 2005 in January 2006 and it was first light. I was also delighted to be joined by Howard from Partland, and of course Howard was in Five Will Die back in 2005 and 2006 so we talk right through the band's career up to the release of their fantastic new album Celestial Horizons and be sure to stay tuned for the last track as well on the show and that is by a solo artist from Cork I'm not allowed to give his name out but the name of the project is Abysm and the name of the track is Lith I hope you enjoy it and Abysm has a Bandcamp page as well. The artist has reassured me that there will be another couple of tracks coming for this project And he's hoping to drop one song per week. So hopefully you will enjoy it. And as I said, check it out on Bandcamp. And the track is called Lith. So that's it. On to the main part of the show, which is the interview with Greg and Cahill of Parhelia and Howard of Parthelan. Enjoy. Hello, this is Richie from the Metal Cell podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Greg and Cahill of Parhelia. How are we, lads?
1: All good, man. Thank you. All good.
0: And Howard, my wingman for the night as well. How are you, Howard? How are we doing, Richie? Good to see you. It's like two podcasts in a row now. This is it. Gonna have to start charging a fee. Just <laughs> uh, it coming. It's in the post. <laughs> <laughs> I would gladly take a free T-shirt anytime.
1: Oh, Richie, I've a line. I've a line of free T-shirts here, yeah. and then the free, <laughs> and the free artwork. I've I've uh, I've a whole merch table here for you. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Just a matter of catching it in person at some stage,
0: you know. Yeah, uh, catching people in person actually caught up with uh, Colin Bulger today. I don't know the you know of him, lads? He's with uh, Zahora, and he's a brilliant okay. artist. I know the
1: band, all right, but don't know them individually. The Bulger design as well. He does um does artwork for, for a lot of bands on of post work. Um, class guy, lovely fella. He's a band called Spirit Merchant as well, which is a, a newer version than Zora. But um, yeah, he's he's been on the scene quite some time.
0: Very yeah, good guy. Cause I know you're well into your art and covers of your albums as well are pretty impressive. Um, so we can get into that in a minute, but at the moment you are celebrating the release of your new album, Celestial Horizons, which came out, Jesus, the months are flying. Was, when did that come out lads? February was it?
2: Uh, February. Yeah. We did it digitally in February, then April CD and vinyl then in June.
0: Okay.
1: And it's good timing with everything by the, by the sounds of it, you know? Yeah,
2: yes. the, plant, the plant for a bunch of heroes, I have to say. Yeah, the, the, the plant yeah. delivered on time, the, almost to the date for each item, which, uh, you know, is a rarity in normal times. Um, so I can't reckon, recommend them enough if you're getting
1: anything done in the future. Brilliant, because you know yourself when you come out of a studio and you're all excited about what you've done. And four yeah. months past, yeah. five months past, you're waiting on merch, you're waiting on things to be pressed and you
2: that's, it, that's been our experience every time so you know yeah. to, to get this on time this time was
0: pretty pretty sweet that was it's nice to hear that that happens monotype pressing was it in krakow is it
3: uh yeah they're in poland yeah
0: yeah yeah how did you come across them have you worked with them before um
3: yeah i've got stuff done with them before um i think i played some gigs in poland once and the guy who had started monotype was performing at the gig as well so i got to know the name. Um, They're kind of, they're considered expensive, I guess, but the quality is just like second to none, you know, so well worth it.
0: And was there much of a waiting period between the time you put in the order and when you actually got them? No,
3: I think they do CDs in, I think, three weeks and that was like pretty much on time. Um, The vinyl was something between 25 to 40 days and... It might have been forty-one days or something, but as Greg said, in these times it was mm. pretty impressive, you know. Mm.
0: Are you going down that route, Howard, with part? Tomorrow?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, we have the the first release is actually coming out in vinyl next week, I would imagine. Um we have the order in six weeks now at this point. We had the test pressings three weeks ago. Uh, signed off on all the artwork and all that. So yeah, hopefully it happened next week. Wow. Uh,
0: Who did you go it, with?
1: I think it's important. We we went with a Dutch company. Um, They were a little bit more expensive than the others, but um, they were very, very hands-on, I guess, with the artwork. So we were doing a few Zoom calls and things like that just to iron stuff out, which I love because there's nothing worse than sending an email and not getting a response (laughs) in four or five days, you know. Whereas you can just talk it out and have everything laid out. Things just move a bit quicker. But yeah, yeah, again, with the lockdown, that's, that's where it pushed us into terms of doing something, was basically bringing out what we had on vinyl, you know. Yeah that's about as much as you could muster in the, in the, in the circumstances.
0: And how many pressings did Parhelia need lads? How did you estimate? Um, I think we just
2: based it on what we did before, you know, what we've done in the past and then the fact that we're not going to be touring. So we kind of chopped it in half. Um, so there's just a hundred vinyl and there's 200 CDs. So
0: mm. yeah, I want to give a shout out to Pat O'Regan as well, who taught me about G and, uh, he is some man for collecting vinyl. The stuff he has.
2: He's actually, he's costing me money. Every week he sends me <laughs> a recommendation, but um, he's recommended some damn fine music, so that's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. I suppose the kind of music he play, and again, it wouldn't be, okay, try and describe it for people be the best way, first of all, than me trying to describe it for you.
2: Do you want to go, Carl, or yeah, will I? I'll leave that one to you, yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, think, I think it falls between genres, and I think mm. that's why we've met a little bit of success with it, because it's a little bit metal, it's a little bit prog, it's a little bit post, but it's probably none of the above as well. You know, um, I think Cahill used the word refined earlier on, and I would agree with that. Like, our songs are shorter, I suppose, and more direct, than a lot of what you would find in any of those genres that I've just mentioned. So I think we found a little bit of a niche there, and I think that's why we're still making albums.
0: Yeah, and of course, the audience that listen to you would be big into their vinyl.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, like, I mean, Pat just put the thing up on the site there the other weekend. I think, you know, like the, the orders just started rolling in that day, you know, so it doesn't... You know, I think people are always looking for something new, especially in the post genre. Um, and yeah. you know, uh, if you go onto those forums, it doesn't—it doesn't take much in some ways. If you know, if you put up the artwork and a link to a track, that—that's all it takes. Um, I think—I think some of the other genres it might be a little bit tougher to. You know, we've played metal before. Carl's played metal. I've done it as well. It's a little bit tougher. You know, there's mm. a little bit more saturation there, so you have to stick out that little bit more. You know, be a little bit more aggressive in your um, with your sales pitches, I suppose.
0: Yeah, and of course you're doing it all independent and have been doing it for years.
2: Yeah, I've been doing it for Jesus, um, yes, yeah, fifteen years now. So we've always done it independently, except for the odd release where you know somebody's proposed something to us. We've done a tape before or something like that. If um if something's appealing to us and somebody else can do it for us, that you know we're happy enough to do it that way. Then
1: fifteen years is, is such a long time. You know, just just to say what lads have stayed at it for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. That must be really, yeah. really tough because uh, I know myself, the longest I've ever kept a band together would be 10 years. I mean, that must take some yeah, sort of determination. You know, that must, yeah, it's, that must it's, be... it's
2: not easy. And, you know, like uh, you say 15 years, but it wasn't 15 consecutive years. Like, I mean, we went yeah. hard at it, for the, it. When, you know, when we were younger, we went really hard at it. Gigging as much as we could, gigging abroad, trying to release things quickly in succession, you know, being really aggressive with trying to get, you know, interviews and that type of thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, you, you can only keep that up for so long. Um, I don't know why me and Carl have never given up on it, but we're still here <laughs> for some reason. So, <laughs> you know, there was a bit of a break at some stage. Like, you know, some of the guys left the band or, yeah. you know, what you know, people grow apart and things like that. So it's it's me and Carl now, but we've, we've you know, we found a way to make it work again.
0: Carl, just want to ask you there, what benefits uh, do you think a record label would have brought to you over those years if you had one? Um, Is it something you think about much?
3: Not really. Um... I guess the only thing a record company brings is maybe like a PR department. Um, you don't have to use your own money. Um, you know, there's more visibility, I guess, but the fact that that's not why I do it mm-hmm. means that I don't need to worry about those things. You know, it's, uh, I think there's a lot like we is our own money and we have to make sacrifices in order to release a CD, release a vinyl, you know? And that's another thing that's maybe missing today is that bands aren't prepared to make sacrifices, you know? You see so many bands with Kickstarters and GoFundMe and, you know, they they don't seem to have the, the belief or something in their own music to put their own money into it. They want other people's money in order to further it, you know, so... Uh,
1: yeah, yeah I, think I think the issue it. with that is, is with record labels and so on, they can shape, they can shape a band's sound yeah, towards a certain yeah, direction. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you have your own control over things, it definitely becomes a more authentic product yeah. at the end of it all. Yeah. You're not trying to please some guy on the phone, you know. Plus, mm-hmm. like I mean, it it is it. Yes, go
3: ahead, Carl. No, no, you go ahead. Art.
2: No, I was just gonna say, like I mean, just even the notion, like you 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 brought up the fact that um, you know. That a record label can, you know, provide financial assistance and things like that. But um, you know, that's that even is becoming a rarity now. Like if you look at bands mm-hmm. like Napalm Beth, back back in two thousand and three or two thousand and two, before they put out um, you know, Enemy of the Music Business, they they, they were aggrieved with um Earache. They were giving them four hundred pounds sterling as a marketing budget, you know. <laughs> so that's the way it's gone. I'd imagine it's even worse now. So, you know, yeah. it begs the question, what's the point? Yeah. Um, I
0: think, yeah, I think more or less in Ireland it's probably one of the biggest independent scenes in Europe. I'd say per person, you know, mm, or yeah. per band, I would say, yeah. There's
3: a, also what what I wanted to say about record companies as well as even small underground record companies. Um, there's an issue with like ownership. So mm. the way a lot of a lot of labels work now is that they'll sign a band, but the band will pay for their own recording. Yet when they Deliver the finished product. The label owns the rights to it. You know, I've been offered. Wreck of the Hespers were offered a contract like that years ago, where we would pay for the recording. But when we sent the guy the finished thing, he owned the rights. And you're kind of like, but if I'm paying for it, why do you own it? You know, it's a Jesus. There's uh, a way. It uh, is. There's major ethical ethical issues. Yeah, you know. (laughs)
1: and it fucking sucks like it's just yeah. so so yeah. destroying when that's that's sort of the the pinnacle yeah. of you get an offer you think is the greatest thing ever then you look at it in detail and you think yeah, oh, fuck this. yeah.
0: But, hmm. was it very different a scene lads and you were starting out compared to now
2: um yeah i mean you know that's 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 a difficult question in some ways because we were really active you know when we started so you're not only in touch with bands, you know, online or whatever. And, you know, you know, back when we were swapping CDs or whatever, you had all that going on, but like you were actually playing. So, you know, it seemed, it seemed really exciting at the time. Like, I don't know if you remember, um, but uh, Terrorizer ran a feature around 2006, 2007, and there was a ton of great bands featured, and the standard was really high. Um, I still think it's high now, but the funny thing is it's the same people doing it. You know, it's the same... Like I don't, I don't see a younger generation coming through and doing it now. That's the only thing that's different for me. There's still some good bands there.
0: Mm. We have um, a lot of younger bands coming through down on Cork. To be fair, there seems to be got God Alone down there,
2: who seem to be yeah. even setters. You know, they're, <laughs> okay. they're really good as well. Um, you know, but they're, I think they're the exception <laughs> rather theory, than the rule. If you yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But um, you know, if you look at a lot, a lot of like, you know, even in the guys in Malthusian, you know, they they were around the block a few times. You had a past day They were made up of guys from Morphosis, you know, um, Nephridium, other bands like it's, Barone, it's it tends to get recycled yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, and which is again like a lot of the bands are pretty cool, um, but yeah, that's that's the only thing I'd worry about is younger lads picking up a guitar. God alone are an exception in terms of youth, I think. Mm. I don't know if you guys yeah. would agree now maybe maybe your finger is more on the pulse than mine
1: it's a little think. bit different down this direction I think in the last maybe 4 or 5 years uh, we're definitely seeing um, sort of a mini scene pop out of nowhere with a lot yeah. of younger people involved like, by younger well, I mean good, yeah. under the age yeah. of 24 or 25, God alone yeah. they'll be spearheading that but yeah. um, it's definitely been a shift right in the last 5 or 6 years but there's a big gap between that then again so you're looking at kids up to the age of 24 and then the next age up is 40 years of age yeah. you know yeah, yeah we're right?
0: going. Were you out in two thousand and six with Five Will Die? When did?
1: Oh, to be two thousand five was our first uh, first gig. Yeah, two thousand five. Mm. Yeah. I would have been playing. My first gig was nineteen eighty six in uh, the Phoenix. Okay. that long ago. <laughs> you know, it was fucking fifteen. I think it was. Yeah. Lads bands all the way through to do that. But the first time, yeah, Five Will Die would be the first concentrated effort of a long run of things. I like. Mm. I like the lads. We did the same thing. We hit it hard in the, in the early days, you know? Hard? <laughs> you you mm. look too young to have played a gig in 1996. <laughs> I'm not as fucking young as I look, I'm 40 next year. <laughs> Are you 40? We're the same age, dude. <laughs> I'm, well, next year, I'm holding on to my 30s by a fucking- Well listen, that just proves my point. That proves everything I just said.
0: <laughs> and I'm 50 in January. <laughs> well you look well in it, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was, ho- Clark, I, was Gary, hoping, no. I was hoping I was hoping that he kind of be come up some bit, but uh, yeah, like that's what I'm saying though. Like it's just the the three of you have been around that scene from 2006 onwards um, and playing. Have you got? Did you get down to Cork much at that stage, lads? What was the kind of touring cycle for you around that um, time? If you cast your minds back, because First Light came out in 2006, yeah
2: yeah i'm we I'm pretty sure we played cork that year um we were down as well with God as an astronaut we were down with anathema, so we were down a bit um oh that was Cypress Avenue wasn't it that was cypress avenue yeah. yeah yeah I was at that show It was a great show yeah the lads are really cool I have to say they um they were one of the nicest um touring bands let's say or um signed bands that we played with the 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 two boys um the two brothers Thorson and Niels are two cool guys, and Lloyd as well. Like they're really respectful, really nice, really helpful. Yeah, couldn't say enough good things about them. Man.
0: Cast your minds back then. What was your thought process when you released First Light? Because he came from, is it Revile? Is it was that your band before that?
2: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. So
0: maybe just talk talk us through Revile and how he change the name into parhelia we'll say just people that don't do you know you
3: want to take that call or? You...
0: <laughs> yeah call come on step forward um, man
3: <laughs> how how diplomatic do i have to be well, at least was be... my problem um, no, 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 no. i don't know if i could have said anything like <laughs> this nice. isn't that type <laughs> yeah. of show yeah. man he's uh... a <laughs> He's given me the torque, so I can fucking scorch myself with it, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we'll, we'll, we'll both take a burn. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, Sounds yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I guess with Revile, we sort of ran the course with the vocalist we had. So when that came to a head, we like searched for a new vocalist. We went through like 30 people, whatever. Just couldn't find what we were looking for, whatever so in the meantime we had like 10 or 12 songs written so we decided actually the last gig we had done with the vocalist he ended up leaving the stage after three songs so we just ended up finishing that gig by playing all this new stuff we had just instrumental so then after searching for a vocalist we um, we played another gig as Revile just an instrumental gig just to kind of keep out there and keep doing stuff and, and really enjoyed that gig. So then we decided maybe we'll just keep on that path where we would like, so I don't know. I don't think any of those songs survived into Parhelia, but, um, yeah, it's just, we decided we'd keep going instrumental
1: and, uh,
0: very diplomatic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the great things about, I was listening to the, to the couple of tracks that Richie sent me last night and, um, you know, it, it takes a lot to, to get into instrumental bands and things like that. But what was immediately apparent from you guys was that there was an imagery immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, there was there was it, it wasn't lacking in needing lyrics to describe what was going on. I mean, it seems like a very kind of celestial outlook. And you have this sort of Lovecraftian horror vibe going through the whole thing as yeah. well, which I fucking loved. But um, do do you miss having a vocalist? Is this something that you would think about doing down the line, or is this just a thing of we're going to stay instrumental and stick to the plan?
2: Every once in a while, we think about you know putting a vocal over a track, um, but then we don't do it. You know, <laughs> we are fairly comfortable doing what we do, what we do. You know, and you know, there's so many bands do it with a vocalist and things like that. So you know, we're. I think we're happy i think i'd be afraid of ruining it nearly i did have yeah. a chap send me a vocal take years ago after we did first light he took one of the um he took one of the tracks um i don't know if you know of a guy called james doran jimmy trigger
1: oh jimmy he's trigger yeah.
2: L- yeah. yeah jimmy jimmy's a he's in sound l.a guy. or something he's yeah. in l.a he's living the life he, do you know he's living next door to burton c bell would you believe oh stop.
1: <laughs> i believe it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no he's, he's
2: he's a cool guy but um Back in 2006, he sent me a take with his vocals on it and um yeah, it was superb. It was brilliant. But um, yeah, I just kept it. And that was that never, never used it. I remind him of it every once in a while. It is really good, but, you know, I think I think we have a vision for the band and we're sticking to it.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. You went to Norway. Was that yeah. when the EP was released?
2: Okay. Yeah, absolute disaster.
0: <laughs> OK, tell us more. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, asking the right questions oh, here like the boys are fucking no. squirming already and we're only what no, 10 no. minutes into
3: it how diplomatic
2: no, do you no, want we them were... to be yeah
0: huh? jesus after your last answer you're way you're gone way over the top
2: yeah no if you were to ask me about the worst oh. gigs that we ever played um they, they were they were they were probably over there and it was for reasons out of uh control we were just treated really badly um that
3: was that festival you know,
2: yeah um th- yeah the festival was yeah, shocking. Yeah. It, you see we had the festival <laughs> built up as being a really big thing. It started off okay because we did a TV appearance that was cool. Um we did an acoustic gig somewhere that was cool. Um but then yeah just you would have had to be in there. The treatment was just shocking and <laughs> we were literally bundled onto the stage zero sound check nothing you know and it uh, sounded awful couldn't hear each other you know and this was yeah. supporting bands like Trail of Tears and who else was on the bill? Um, um, was oh it,
0: gee, it? Was that the crowd? Did you, you were, I actually have the poster here? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah Ill um, disposed.
2: Ill disposed. Yeah, Ill disposed. Yeah. 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 Um, um, yeah. Like I mean, like we felt it was a chance to do something, and like I think in the end we felt like we made a show of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. well I did. Anyway. My,
3: <clears throat> my my favorite part of that was uh, one of those headline bands spent like like two and a half hours just sound pricking around on a sound check that's why then yeah. we were bundled onto the stage without a sound check and I remember coming off stage being really angry because the sound was so shit and the vocalist from the band who had pricked around for two and a half hours said like oh I hope the sound is good for us <laughs> like, <laughs> like what that the fuck? Dumb, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ yeah like you wouldn't hear many swap gigs uh, back in 2006, Howard, would you? Or would you have swapped gigs yeah, back would, then? Yeah, would,
1: yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Maybe not as far as abroad as Norway and so on, but um, certainly a couple of bands over from Germany, a lot of bands from the UK, an awful lot of bands from the UK, where, okay. where you could make it work. It was generally when bands from the mainland would have gone on tour in the UK, you tried to tempt them over for a date or two, you know? Mm. And, you know, at the level of bands we were working at, at the time, was always a gig swap as part of the part of the deal you know
0: yeah,
1: yeah i think it's been going on as since since god was a boy you know
0: <laughs> yeah i well,
1: think
0: so yeah yeah it's a kind of given for the uk acts but um it's more more interesting to hear uh european acts doing it you know hmm. i know a 10 tonne slug went over to germany as well which is great
1: yeah meet a band from hawaii over the
0: game one time really
1: forget to get the name and off the top of my head but that was that was part of the gig swap as well but obviously <laughs> we never
0: went back to fucking Hawaii <laughs> yeah, one-way swap
1: it's a bit ambitious on our part but uh <laughs> they made it over here
0: and who produced the uh, first ep was it neil calderwood or when did you start working with neil yeah, Neil's
2: done every, yeah around um 2004 we did the last revile ep with uh, neil and uh, we've worked with him ever since i I don't think we'd go to anybody else. Uh, I think Carl shares my enthusiasm mm-hmm. for Neil. He's, yeah. um, he's a musician himself. So I think that's what we were always missing from anything we'd done previously. And um, I think when you're doing something like Parhealy, you need, you know, you need everything balanced. You need that separation of instruments. You need the clarity. Um, and Neil can just give that to us. So I don't think like that's the one part of our process. That's not really up for debate, I think.
3: Yeah. I think also with Neil, um, He's one of the few studio owners that uh, I've met that actually takes pride in what he sends out of his studio. You know, I've been to a lot of places, done demos in places, and they just—they just want your money. They don't care what they send you home with. So you go home. They—they they know the trick where when you listen back in the studio, they turn up the like studio monitors really loud, so it sounds amazing. And Then you get home and you put it on your like stereo, and it's just like. Terrible
1: stuff, you
0: know. <laughs> it's uh, Wow. Yeah. Would you agree with that, Hard?
1: Yeah, I mean it's when you go into a studio, you're you're always taking a risk if you don't know who you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. For sure. And uh it's big money, big risks. Yeah. But yeah, when you find someone that you can work with and you know you're going to get what you want and you know you're gonna get a decent recording, it's it's yeah, I, if you find something, stick with them, you know.
0: Yeah, and how did G come across Neil? Was it true he's banned? Or did he just branch out on his own or what, what happened?
1: Yeah, um, he played
2: with Sheer. I don't know if you know those guys. Um, and I think after their second album, the record label folded. And some of them wanted to push on with it. But Neil wanted to cut his losses. So he started producing bands. And um, we'd heard a band that we really liked uh, from Belfast. Uh, we heard Involution's CD. I think it was their second one and uh, really like there were a bunch of young at the time we couldn't get over the we couldn't get over the quality of the recording so you know when we'd heard that it was there was no question we were going up there next
0: okay cool we we'll listen to one track then and give people an idea of his production values um it's a lonesome journey and it's off the new album how many songs are on yeah. the album actually lads is it? Eight. eight yeah. yeah yeah so this is uh as i said lonesome journey Excellent. Their songs seem as much about the journey as is the final destination of them. Definitely conjures up a lot of atmosphere as well, as Howard was saying. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah,
2: we tend, we try, like, like, obviously as an instrumental band, um, I don't know if you guys listen to a lot of that stuff, but, you know, I think the problem with a lot of it now is, uh, you know, there's a lot of aimless drifting or meandering in a lot of it now. Try to stay away from that. Try to keep it a little bit more direct, and you know, keep the atmosphere there. Keep a little bit of drive there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has. It has a refreshing running time. It
0: really does <laughs> for that for
1: that style of music.
2: Yeah, you know? yeah. Like I mean, a lot of a lot of the songs are you know they're they're, sh- they're not short short but they're short enough. You know.
0: Yeah, a lot of the post uh, metal tends to kind of drag on for eight or nine minutes as well, and you can kind of get yeah. lost sometimes. In it. I, I yeah, it's fine. Stuff. I think I think
2: sometimes it's it's fine at a gig. Sometimes you know, sometimes it works, but sometimes when you 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 know, you buy the album and you listen to the record at home, it's you know, it can be painful sometimes. <laughs>
0: I just want to bring you back then, because um, I think I think it's only fair for um, fans of the band and just people that don't know you as well, that we just kind of bring you through the albums that you've done, if you don't mind. Mm. So the next one was yep. Oceans Apart. Yeah. Maybe talk about that then yeah. for a bit. What was the thought process that went into that compared to the, the, the WEP, we'll say? Yeah,
3: sorry. I guess with that one, um, if like First Light was a bit more kind of... Uh, Still, maybe closer to what we were doing with Revile, so kind of fairly straightforward or whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. at that stage, we were like rehearsing like every week, you know, uh, without fail, doing like five hours. Um, so by the time we got the Oceans apart, I think that one's where it got a bit more progressive. You know, I only listened to it okay. recently and was kind of, uh, you know, surprised with like a couple of the songs. Like as I said to Greg, I don't know where they came from. You know, they're just like yeah yeah
2: I just <laughs> Yeah I think, I think we've gotten a lot better at it and more confident with it, and you know yeah. we've done a lot of gigs, and um, yeah, I think I'd like this, you know, certainly the song lengths on that one, yeah, a lot, lot longer, a lot more complicated, a bit darker as well. Um, you know, that, that was maybe closer to something like an instrumental fate's warning, as mm-hmm. you know, especially as, as far as the bass is concerned, I think it was more of a metal thing, I think.
0: Yeah, the bass. Mm is nearly singing in that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, how was that received? Did you do much of a promotional campaign behind it?
2: Well, actually, that that, that, that kind of killed us and um, sent us into our first hiatus, I think. Um, because I, I was only talking to Carl about this recently. I think at that point, we'd exhausted what we could do here in Ireland. You know, we'd gotten a bit of traction. We'd sold a lot of CDs. First Light did really well for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we probably should have jumped ship and instead, we were mining the same territory here okay. and we were playing to less people and we were getting pissed off with each other as well. So, you know, that was that was the first time we took a hiatus. Then. We we just decided to give each other a little bit of space and see if we were still interested then after a
1: number of months. it was a real shift in, in, in things at that time as well, I think, with the recession hitting. The less That's right. Going to shores and yeah. It was harder to get abroad. It was harder to get things going. It's harder
2: to get things going, and then a lot of us were of peer age, I'd say, and you know, then some people are starting to look at things like you know, okay, want to settle down or
1: yeah, you know, want to take like, a mortgage and things not. like that.
2: <laughs> life happens, yeah, yeah. So we actually like uh, uh, our guitar. Our other guitarist left at that point. He emigrated to Belgium, and you know, I'm not so sure he's played music ever since you know so yeah. you know that kind of stuff we were all the same age you're we all around 26 27 then so i
3: wasn't you know <laughs> that, that sort of stuff gets right. you were so.
0: <laughs> yeah sometimes you just kind of have to gather the troops around and figure out what you want to do yourselves um, exactly yeah and that yeah. and that was very much the case what was your relationship with the press at that stage lads was there any particular interest in it in from, say, the Irish side of things? Or was it, again, um, more European or English?
2: It's more European, American. Um, yeah, English, UK was always very good. Uh, found Ireland to be pretty poor, <laughs> to be honest, with you, you know. Mm. Um, like, you know, every once in a while, somebody cool like yourselves or whatever, that will come along. Um, I think we got a nod on hot press once, you know. So, like, in terms of press in Ireland, it's, it's been poor. Um, but I, you know, I would say it's I would say it's the same for a lot of metal bands here. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Or the odd token, the odd yeah. token article that you might get a puff piece in the Independent or something to decide to write about metal. Somebody might get a mention or whatever. Yeah. Um, it becomes almost. You know, Ireland, <laughs>
1: becomes almost yeah. To th- see
2: these things, you know. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and you know, like I mean, the sole publication at the time. Um, you know, online publication Metal Ireland, I suppose, like that's yeah. no longer there as well. That was always a big help, but you know, again, it was one of the few places that you could rely on as a metal or a rock band to to get an odd.
0: Yeah. yeah. Again, do you think would would have been just a lack of a singer as well? Um, do you know a lack of a recognizable frontman? Would that be um, something that I, would have know, crossed I, your I, mind?
2: I, um, not really. um Like, if you look at the guys in God as an astronaut, like I mean, they they did so well abroad before they did well here. Yeah. Like you know they're playing and and still like you know if you go to their Instagram page or whatever, not now obviously because they're not playing. But um mm. you know if you look at where they're playing in in Moscow or you know in the states, they're they're playing to thousands of people. And you know That's
0: right, in yeah. Ireland
2: they play in Cypress Avenue or you know they'd half fill the academy and things like that. So you know I don't know. I'm not so I'm not so sure. I don't know if Howard would agree or Cahill. I don't know what your thoughts are. I I
1: agree completely. I mean, yeah, yeah,
3: 100%. Um, even just have to look at, we'll say like a band like Primordial, like undoubtedly Mm. Ireland's biggest metal export, you know, and you see the tripe that hot press have, like, not even a major interview, like, cover, like, you know, you've, you've like. They've rarely, I don't know, i maybe once seen Primordial in hot press, like, you know, whereas any other European yeah. country, a band of that stature yeah. would be, like, gloried, you know, but, yeah, so. Yeah,
1: absolutely. What,
3: what hope do, like, schlubs like us have if, like, and then you talk about a, a recognizable frontman, like, you know, there's no more fucking recognizable frontman than fucking, you know, yeah. Primordial, you know? Dude, but, uh, yeah, yeah yeah it's
2: like uh, that you're you're spot on there and i don't, I don't know if the guys i uh, don't know if yourselves richie or Howard, if you've seen primordial back in the day when they were supporting the first couple albums but you know i can testify to being there and to seeing them play like um let's say journey's end slatteries 60 people uh spirit the air of flame the village with the crew con supporting them 60 yeah. people you know they they were doing that for years here and Mm. and and get nowhere like it's testament to them that they stuck it out i really think you know signing to metal bread really gave them a break that they were long overdue i think but still i mean it still looks like they're more popular outside of the country than in
0: absolutely um should we saw them down they played winterfest a few times down in cork and um then yeah, nazi know. spain's in the
1: 90s i think it was yeah and the, 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 That's right. um, yeah, yeah. From as well yeah. i think at one point but uh yeah yeah I, re- I remember the you know the the face makeup and the whole lot when they came on first not even like, I mean, fucking absolutely two, yeah you know, yeah it was different back then i guess we didn't have facebook to let you know what was happening you just went to the venue knowing there was a band going to play and mm. you might get an yeah. ordeal yeah. by accident which but is like, just something you don't get anymore you know Yes, yeah, it, it was.
2: strange as well because, like, they are of the same vintage of a few of the bands in the UK, there or thereabouts. Your Paradise Lost, your Anathemas, yeah. your, yeah. you know, that type of thing. They were friends with Catatonia back in the day. They did the split with Catatonia, but you know, their success came much later than any of those bands.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah I was at Brutal Assault last year and just saw a full castle full of metalheads rocking out to Primordial. It's incredible.
2: Well, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it is. It's a testament to them. They, they, they yeah. stuck it out.
1: Yeah, and you put Primordial in front of any crowd, regardless of the size. They'll, they'll win them over. You know, it's just absolutely getting yeah. them in front yeah. of those people.
2: Yeah, and again it just it, it is funny to see it now because like you know for a lot of the gigs that they do now here in Ireland like you, you can't get a ticket for loving <laughs> them yeah, that's you it. know so to recall those gigs from the early days where you could wander in as a 15 year old and
1: that's it yeah I know it was it was space asking galore. who's on stage you yeah. <laughs> know
2: yeah yeah that's it that's it I remember yeah. asking what the I remember asking the guitarist what they were tuned to at one stage <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and he was able to answer me <laughs>
0: he took a break okay and then he came back with shifting sands yeah. what was the thought process with that album or ship had sailed is the opening track and that was that yeah. a bit of humor on that or <laughs> 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 uh,
2: maybe a like, bookend to yeah. the original chapter i think i think we kind of had realized that okay you know we had a chance to do something and maybe we didn't capitalize on it enough um so we we regrouped, we got another guitarist and we just went at it again as best as we could. But it actually worked out pretty well because we did get a lot of cool gigs there. We were playing with Catatonia, Anathema, um, I can't remember, Oh God's an Astronaut during that time. And then the gigs that we did ourselves, they were they were the best gigs we've done in terms of crowd, like as in, you know, headlining our own shows. Now, you are only playing mm-hmm. Fibers and the likes, but like the place was pretty full for a lot of the shows that we put on on the back of that one. Um, but that's really the last time we played live. that's ten years ago now.
0: How do you decide on the song titles, considering they um, are instrumentals? Yeah, you see that's the thing like even when when
2: you listen to them, they'll still conjure an image, a feeling yeah. an atmosphere you know mm-hmm. so um or something you know it's 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 the same as whether you write lyrics or not you you might something might trigger something in you or you might have read something or felt something and you know, you'll you'll get the title out of that.
0: Would you agree with that, Howard?
1: Yeah, it's really, like I was saying, I was listening to your stuff last night. The um, the first thing that came to mind was some sort of celestial outlook, and uh, Lovecraftian type of type of uh, vibe. But um, is yeah. there is there a particular yeah. piece of literature or anything like that 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 would uh, help you help you guys go forward in terms of uh, concept or whatnot? Does it come from literature? Does it come from movies? Does it come from all of if- the above? all
2: of the above life though for me is the yeah, big one you know always yeah. life experience for me um you know it will be something i have felt it will be something that i've gone through mm. um you know there, yeah literature as well like uh, i think myself and Carl are both big fans of lovecraft um i read a lot of sci-fi horror uh we're into conspiracy theories we're not tinfoil hat managers <laughs> now but um, you know do enjoy a good discussion or debate over a uh, conspiracy theory you know so sometimes that i think we, I think we go, we got one in on this one, didn't we? The Veil of Truth? That's conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But uh, Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin,
2: yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you guys are excited about the recent UFO developments in the Pentagon releasing videos and, and uh, evidence for that. I- <laughs> we might draw
2: a line with UFOs. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, in 2011, he had a problem then trying to get a drummer. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's. Uh, do you want to take that one, Cole? That That's a that's a bit uh. of a saga.
0: <laughs> really pushing Have it he, on him, like yeah, he's very yeah. diplomatic. <laughs> I
3: am, I'm going to bounce that one back to you, Greg. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: um, <laughs> yeah. So we were we found ourselves looking for a drummer in 2011, and um, yeah, just couldn't again. It was like looking for the vocalist; just couldn't find the right person and um like we jammed with people it didn't work um and then we hit on the idea of just hiring a session musician to complete it like we would be happy enough to just record the material and not necessarily play live um but it was really surprising the results that we got back because we hit up some name bands for recommendations and things like that and it seemed like the you know the tracks that they were laying down were Um, like a calling card or something you know it seemed like it was more for them rather than the song if you know what I mean like every inch of space was filled with hi-hat hits and drum rolls and fills and then you'd ask these guys to maybe tone it down a little bit and uh, then they'd just play a (laughs) 4-4 and so you know it was feast or famine stuff you know and we we just couldn't find the right person so um, for the record we did in 2013 we just we programmed the drums ourselves. We just got so frustrated with it that um you know we, we thought if we didn't record it at all that it, or if we didn't do it there and then do something it would never come out. So we released uh, the precipice of change on a on a small scale back in 2013.
0: Did you record some of that as you said at at, at your own houses as well yeah
2: Yeah, a little bit was done at our own houses and Cahill took care of um, the drums on that one. Um, And Yeah, it was a labour of love really and we're still proud of it. You know, I personally don't think um, it's our greatest effort. Uh, It's it's a little bit painful because I remember the time. It wasn't a great time either. Um, But I think it did show that we had a little bit of resolve and, you know, um the drive was still there and we still wanted to make music. So I think if we didn't make that one we wouldn't we wouldn't have followed it up. You know, we wouldn't be here talking.
0: Yeah. You were um having to program drums there, Howard, weren't you there? For oh your- yeah,
1: fuck me. <laughs> over the over the, the quarantine um, yeah. when February happened, I have another band called The Magna Pina, which is more of an old rock outfit. Okay. And we had a, we had an album recorded but it got locked down in the in the studio over the the period of lockdown so we couldn't get it to the mix it so we said fuck it we learn how to use reaper we'll download easy drummer and we'll figure yep. it out we'll start by doing a cover and we'll start by doing a few bits and pieces but i don't play drums i've never fucking picked up a drumstick in my life so the drummer was sending me patterns on his electric kit he's trying to learn how to program into the yep. into the fucking easy drummer we ended, we ended up doing eight songs all together at the end of it but jesus christ lads i have a new appreciation for uh, a <laughs>
0: the drums (laughs) fucking hell you can imagine it in 2011 then what were you using (laughs) back then
3: yeah for that i used it wasn't so much programmed as uh i had a sample pack of each individual drum sound and then it was basically just using (laughs) using cubase and just individually placing <laughs> Each hit.
1: You fucking you yeah. maniac.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh I did say painful earlier. Painful. <laughs>
1: um I don't know if you guys have seen the um the Berserker documentary. No, no. Where he, no. he I haven't does seen the documentary, he, no, no. It's so good. It's where, where he's making the first album and it's it's basically that. He's using old nineteen ninety-six PCs to program in one hit. And the whole thing would crash and he'd have to go back and start over again. Just for one yeah, fucking yeah. symbol here, you know? <laughs> it's great to watch. You just, you would cool. get it immediately that whole mm-hmm. frustration of trying yeah. to fucking figure things out.
0: I, I read um, a nice article there in relation to that uh, album. It says the music has an introverted widescreen effect as if they want to make the biggest sound in the world but are a bit shy about it. And this is quite, I remember an, that, yeah. quite an endearing quality. <laughs> You know, when you read yeah, stuff I, like that, uh, again, is it close to the truth?
2: Yeah, I think with that record, maybe, you know, I think that maybe is a little bit by accident. That, that was the sound of it in the end. You know, because I think the drums in the end, even though, you know, Cahill had worked them out and all the rest of it, they were a bit flat. Yeah. You know, they, they lacked, the, they lacked the, um, the natural ebb and flow of a real Player playing live in a room you know so mm-hmm. parts that should have gotten a little bit louder or a bit heavier you know just kind of fell each time like so even though that particular critic enjoyed it i think that was by accident rather than design <laughs> now so i take the compliment but yeah
0: yeah i think he nailed it with this new album you got ben wanderers in yeah
2: yeah yeah. got got ben in um after People recommended him for years. Um, I knew well of him. You know, seen Shardborn a couple of times and um, I know he played with Slave Zero um, on a record and he, he did a few gigs with him. And i seen him play live and uh, a few people had said to me that um, we should check him out. And I just thought he was too much of a metal drummer. Yes, incredibly capable and talented and all the rest of it, but I didn't think he would gel with us. But uh, I, I looked into it a little bit more a couple of years ago and seen that he'd done... A wide range of things he was on tour with a folk band he'd done some alt rock he'd done everything so we hit him up and luckily it really worked first time like i mean most of what you hear there um the bulk of what you hear on the record was what he came up with first time maybe just a few adjustments yeah he's, yeah, he's, really he's something
1: talented. special as ben he's he's an incredible musician yeah yeah,
3: yeah.
1: i yeah. remember playing a gig with him years ago and our drummer was left-handed and uh burn run i think was either directly before us or directly after us. I can't remember mm. which but rather than change the kit around, he said, yeah, fuck, it, I'll have it go off it left-handed to see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> no bother to him, you know? Yeah.
0: And how did that work? Did you send him the music first? And had he any input himself into it? Did he suggest um changes with no, some of the songs? Or he, he just played what she gave him?
2: No, we sent him, we sent him demos. Sometimes we'd send him a demo drum track. Um, but we gave him free rein. And um, once or twice he sent us back something, and it was too busy. But um, unlike the people that I spoke about earlier on, um, mm. if you asked him to change it or soften it or give it a little bit of space, he knew exactly what, what you meant. meant. Yeah. And yeah. you know, yeah, he got the feeling and the vibe of the song, and um, you know, he didn't, he didn't tone it down so he'd be bored to tears. Like he never played it straight. He just, he'd, he'd kind of work with you on that. But that didn't happen too often. He would normally pick up on the vibe of the song, like the a lonesome journey that he played a couple of minutes ago. He did that first time, so you know most of the results were incredible.
0: Yeah, and again, it just gives you faith that there is guys out there. Like I mean, I think that's Absolutely, probably yeah. one of the hardest things to replace in the Irish scene. Howard, would you agree? Mm-hmm. A drummer. Drummer.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's the the worst possible position to be in. Looking for a drummer yeah. because not yeah, only is there a shortage yeah. of drummers, there's a shortage of good drummers. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's a fucking vital part of any band.
2: Yeah, it's a, that, that was a big loss. I found changing guitarists easier. You know, it, yeah. it, there'd be a bit of pain showing them, you know, what effects and how we use it and things like that. But uh, drums, because they're, you know, the drummer that played on the first few records, Andy, like he was rock solid, absolutely yeah. rock yeah. solid. Timing, impeccable, you know, things like that. So, you know, and you know, he had a good relationship with Colin in terms of um, in terms of music and locking in together. They, yeah. you know, they definitely gelled. So tough to replace all those things. You know, there's certainly drummers out there that can play, but yeah. you know, can they slot into a band and that was, feel alive? And yeah. that,
3: that was the issue, I think, with at least one of the drummers that we tried out afterwards. Is they they listened to what Andy had done, and then they tried to prove that. They can do better, and it's kind yeah. of like that's that's not what we're after, you know. It's uh, you don't have to play exactly what he played, but there was a vibe there that should be adhered yeah. to, you know. And it's uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I think you know the first four count in with a drummer whether it's, it's going to work or <laughs> not, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take long to if figure it dude, out if he if
2: dude rolls on the rim of the snare, it's night. <laughs> <out of> <laughs>
0: You definitely can't bluff drumming. There's fucking no yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> and both of you then are you both multi-instrumentists? Are you can you... he? <laughs> no. Um, I'd say we're
2: both proficient on our instrument of choice, and then okay. on everything else that we turn our hands to, we're hacks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's not too bad either. Yeah. You're your own yeah. worst critics we, that way,
2: anyway. This is it. This is it. We played. We, we the two of us shared the keys on this album. Um. You know, but I wouldn't say that either of us are no. keyboard players, you know, yeah. we just
0: you, were, able you ever, to, we were
2: able to do enough.
0: How far did you bring it, actually, in some of the songs? Like, did you often play around with bringing in maybe a saxophone or an orchestra? Is there any of those songs that could have done with that, maybe? On reflection.
3: No, not for me anyway.
0: No. <laughs> no, not for me. Not for me.
3: No, no. No.
2: See, you had me up until you said Sax. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the reason I brought Sax up is you know, there's a band called Corosa that just brought in a saxophone and uh that was true Kieran Calhan yeah. who's in Cherbourne. Yeah. Yeah. And, and oh, that cool. was, yeah. that was yeah. that was on my brain the whole time. I said, Fuck it, a saxophone yeah. with Kieran. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm trying them. to think of a sax and a metal album that
2: I
1: enjoyed. I, I, I can't yeah, think yeah. Of it. <laughs> It's a bit of a stretcher, right? Fuck it. I have
3: yeah. I have one for you. go on yeah. Promised land. Queenswork. Uh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, good, okay. man. Jeff, good
3: man. Jeff plays Jeff plays
2: some saxophone on that. That's right. He does and it's Tighten phenomenal. Track. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Call, yeah, I knew
0: you'd step up to the market yeah. some shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's
3: my job done. <laughs> <laughs> Crack
0: open another beer and we'll come back to you in ten minutes. But again, like imagine if you had the budget just to include maybe a string, a string quartet, or
2: yeah. something like that, something S- something tasteful. Yeah, I think 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 it could work. But I wouldn't put it in for the sake of it. You know, and yeah. um, you know sometimes sometimes I think of that type of sound myself, but then I end up kind of just layering up the guitars. I can't, <laughs> I can't move yeah. away from that. Yeah, like no. there's. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's tracks on the album that have four or five guitars on it, you know, there's four different or five different lines running, so I tend to go for that rather than you know incorporate extra um musicians or extra types of instruments into it.
0: Mm. Yeah, I always think of like when you hear, say, Celt- a band like Celtic Frost, you know, mm. and you see him live, and then you think of the orchestras that he's put in, some of it like. Really suits the songs, you know, especially yeah, into yeah, the pandemonium yeah. and to the mega and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Incredible! Yeah, he yeah. actually did yeah, if It's
1: done right, it can be really cool. Yeah, mm. uh, it's hard enough to get a drummer, rich in everybody's <laughs> <the fucking four-piece laughs> yeah. part. <of>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I do know a good saxophonist,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but look, give us his number, we might ring him yet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: What about tour plans for this year, lads? Did you commit anything before this shit fest hit us or just happy enough to just produce it in studios and not commit anything?
2: anything? Yes, yeah, again, I would agree with what Carl said about Wreck at the Hespers earlier. I'd never say never, but um, I think our touring days could be behind us. You know, if, if, if there was an offer made, we'd have a look at it. But, you know, mm. I think we've decided that this is it. We'll, we'll, we'll record studio albums. Okay, just put them out.
0: Yeah, that's to a lot of people's loss, though, lads. I mean, that celestial horizons is is an album that would be fabulous live.
2: I'd love to do it, but you know, again, it's it's finding the musicians that would play with you. It's doing it right. The reality is, we'd probably have to pay for certain musicians to perhaps join us on stage and to rehearse and things like that and you know the, the reality is we do have commitments now so yeah. there's only so much we can do and we're after we're after sinking a lot financially into this uh, record and um, so i don't know it's it's maybe something that we
1: might revisit again in the future we'll see it uh, must be something that just itches away you know it's yeah. just, just just go play live kind of thing i couldn't imagine uh, i couldn't imagine such a big part of being in a band and such a big part of everything that, that happens and it's such a big part yeah, of the networking, the people you meet, and so on. Playing live gigs is as hard as it is, and as difficult as it is to prioritise. It's just it's always there, isn't yeah, it? I do do miss
2: it. You know, I don't know. I don't know how Carl feels about it. Like, I mean, Carl's done some gigs. Um, you know, doing some of his drone projects um,
0: in a he's cave.
2: Where'd you? And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, in a cave, so, like you know,
3: actual cave. I don't yeah. know. Would it be yeah. fair
2: to say that? Would it be fair Uh, to say that you're satisfied with your outlets there?
3: um, Yeah, even that, like, every time I play, I'll say, I'm going to say no the next time. And then some time Mm -hmm. goes by, and you say yes, and then you go. I I think my issue is, um, like, even the time we did three gigs in a row with Anathema, um, you're, like, taking three days out of your life, traveling Mm -hmm. length and breadth of the country, then you get to the venue and there uh, the headline band is uh, sound checking so you're just sitting there waiting to do your sound check you can't go out and see the city because you don't know what time you're going to be called on stage and so you just spend like three days sitting around just to get to play for like half an hour each night you know so it's uh it's not the life for me yeah, when you me, say I it think, like that you know? it's, a,
1: it's a form of mad it's a form of madness it, it is absolutely
3: yeah <laughs> I can see why it is, there's so it's many. addictive. It is addictive. I can see why there's so many uh, alcoholics and drug addicts in bands. You know, it's uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a
2: lot of time
1: spent, spent waiting to yeah. do something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah,
3: absolutely. But like, like I think,
2: I think as well, Cahill, Like as like most times, the reality is, we were a support act. We were supporting yeah, yeah. a touring act. You know, yeah, yeah. there is an awful lot of bollocks you have to put up with. There, there is. really is, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. And then when you turn to kind of, you know. Putting on your own gig, a headlining gig. There's an awful lot of bollocks that goes with that too. <laughs> you know, like it's it's hard to find. It's hard to find sound lads. Like it's hard to find lads that you can trust. It's you know they are there, and you know we met loads of cool bands over the years. But like for every cool band you meet, there's you know there's a band with yeah. politics or there's yeah, just and, and it just takes that
1: or, one that one band and that one guy out of that one band to really fucking get in your head for months yeah, after. Again, absolutely, you know? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, Howard, man, you could tell stories.
3: <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, my favorite, are the guys who uh, have a half-hour set, start twenty minutes late, but still play a half hour, and then like yeah. Yeah, every other band, yeah. you know, it's getting like I fucking know. two o'clock in the morning when the last band is playing and everyone's gone home. You know?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it, or what
2: about um, what about the bands that uh, swear blind that they have their own equipment and they <laughs> show up oh. on the night with no head? Ask you in front of everybody. And make you look like the arsehole. You know what about those guys?
3: <laughs> oh, that's very. Diplomatic, There's a lot of right? scars there, lads.
0: There's a lot of scars. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Howard. Argue oh, no, back, I, man. Stand this is, up for this, it. This is,
1: the, this is the problem with it. I can't disagree one bit. <laughs> having said that, you know, I mean, you get you you learn you learn to to network with the people that you know are going to of be to be, yes, be with. Yeah. And yeah. You know, yeah. which with with Loan in particular, I mean we play maybe four or five gigs a year and we hope we part The big part of that is going abroad. But mm-hmm. um we would only do that because there's no point in just jumping on every bill here there and everywhere. We really do try to make it yeah. a one off yeah. type thing so that it's worth our while and it's worth the investment that we put into it. Yeah. But having yeah. said that, with with the other band, the Magna I mean, we're playing every up to the up until the lockdown we were playing every weekend, twice a weekend, three times a weekend. We we're starting to get a good yeah. bit of money for it. It's the first time in 10-15 years I, I've been paid well for a gig you know mm, yeah. so the, when you have that sort of freedom to do it it, it works out really well we just do one off shows where it's just the Magna yeah. and that's it maybe every now and again we'll ask someone to come along and play with us but it's small venues but it's it's so much more enjoyable not having to deal with the The opening band, (laughs) trying to figure out their fucking hat, you know. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. well, it's 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 interesting that
2: you mentioned getting paid there, uh, Howard, because um, like that would be another reason for me. Like even when we were doing well, you know, you seem to be hemorrhaging money. You know, transferring gear. You know, like again, if you're a support band, you have to bring the entire backline. You have to hire a van. You know, that's all fine and that's great when you're younger and you have tons of energy for it. But you know, it's something that over the years that you know, over ten years or whatever it does oh, start to grind. Grind you down. You down bit, and you know. it, it ends friendships you know, and it fucking does oh, this big and time, that, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing worse than a musician scorned. <laughs> no this is it there's been many a night where you've been promised you know Fred Zeppelins would be absolutely rammed and you get there and there's two people yeah. and a dog yeah. you know
1: <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. You, like,
2: know. It, it, you get great stories of it yeah <laughs> <You're too laughs> that's, the, that's the other side of it you know you, there's always something yeah. to talk about, about that. that's it the characters you meet you know it's it's. but you it's know so... think
1: think about going back into it again let's get in touch and we'll, we'll figure something out we'll do something right I, yeah I think, like again it,
2: it. never say never but we'll, we'll see we'll see yeah
1: yeah. yeah you, I mean, you know any good drummers? <laughs> yeah. I do, and I, I know one in particular that I'm thinking of straight away, it would be perfect.
0: <laughs> there you go, there you go. We gladly welcome you with Open Arms Sound Cork. and uh, Good stuff, yeah. We guarantee there'll be, there'll be people there anyway. <laughs> uh,
2: there's always people in Cork now, there's always people in Cork for the record, always.
0: Yeah, that's cool. The Celestial Horizons album, you put a lot of love into it. Was there mm-hmm. tracks there that were left behind? that could possibly yeah, be I think,
2: I think there's five or six Um, I don't want to speak out of turn now but uh, I don't know if we will use them or not like we, we had an idea earlier on in the year that we might release a tape and put out the demos from the entire record on it and you know that would be the eight songs that made the record but okay. there could also be another five or six there so we might revisit that in that way but we've already pushed on and started writing music for the next record
0: brilliant that's great to hear. I know Cahill has a, a good few side projects. Um, we can get to them in a minute. What about you, Greg? Have you got anything going on the side as well?
2: Um, yeah, I was, I was helping the guys out in Grave Sermon um, last year. Um, they were supposed to do a couple of gigs this year, but that's been kicked to touch now, obviously, with COVID. So I have gotten an, a live outlet with those guys. Um, they have some of the guys out of Asect and um, Primal Dawn, the Bad incarnate uh, some of the guys out okay. of all those bands. So it's old school death metal. It's as yeah. far away from Perhealy as you can get. But that's a bit of fun just getting out and knocking those things out. But I don't know what's going to happen with it now. Um, you know, As I said, there was a few gigs lined up for August and September that I was supposed to do with them. But um, that's all being pushed back now.
0: Carl, we're ready. We've got a list. Go for it.
3: <laughs> you have a list?
0: <laughs> Come on, how many side projects? And you're releasing a book as well, aren't you?
3: I Plug? already did, yeah. I already did. Yeah. yeah.
0: What's that? Um, how can people find that? And what's um, it about?
3: Uh, it's basically interviews with uh, a bunch of different bands, They're an interview with a, an American poet. Um, just, it's about the creative process, life, art, whatever. Um, yeah. I think if you Google it, you might see it. It Got ordered from me. Maybe you can put a link in the show notes there. That's what these podcast people say, isn't
0: it? Yeah. What's the the title of it?
3: Um, It's called Existential, spelled E X I S T E N T I E L L. That's it. Yeah.
0: Okay. And side projects then? Yeah.
3: Lots of stuff. Depends on the day of the week. Depends <laughs> on my humour, you know. <laughs> could be, could be Drone, could be Black Metal, could be Doom, you know, it's, uh, yeah.
0: You are on yeah. a record label with the Drone, is that right? Or are you um, flirting with him?
3: I've done, yeah, there's, yeah, lots of small labels have released sort of stuff over the years, you know, it's usually just kind of a one-off. Someone will, uh, be interested in uh, releasing a tape or something and they get in touch so there's not one specific label say but uh yeah I've done lots of different things.
0: Again how can people find it? Would it be through your own name? Or? Yeah I
3: think uh, there's a bank page there with uh, through my own name you can find most of that stuff.
0: Yeah I like um, Cliff Martinez as well I'm a big fan of him.
3: Oh yeah yeah love Cliff yeah he's amazing.
0: So lads, that's it. An absolute pleasure talking, T. Yeah,
2: it's been great, crack, man. Cheers, yeah. Richie. And cheers, Howard. Nice to meet you, man. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, li- yeah. Likewise. And yeah. look, hopefully we'll we'll uh, we'll try and figure out a show or something. I'll try and tempt you down. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Howard is the man. <laughs> if anyone can do it, Howard can. <laughs> Sounds like a political campaign there, man.
1: Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Get the t-shirts done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Get Parhelia down in Cork.
1: Yeah, it's been a great find. Um, I, wasn't, I've, I was aware of the name, but not not in, in, in this terms of listening to you and seeing what you're about and so on. So it's great to see another band, uh, a band like yourselves, at it for so long and having that resolve to keep going through the tough times to come out the end of it, yeah. still making music and looking forward to making more, you know? So
2: yeah. it's great. Yeah, thanks so much, Jared. Appreciate it. And hopefully it won't yeah. be that long until the next one, hopefully.
0: No, hopefully not. Plug for the new album, Celestial Horizons. You can get it through your Bandcamp page, correct?
2: Yeah, uh, it's on Spotify and on the web, uh, website. Yeah, and you'll find this easy enough.
0: Have you got merch as well on your Bandcamp page? Do you do t-shirt, line, t-shirts and stuff, or is it just buying uh, no, the CDs? Not, not this
2: time. Just, yeah, just the violence and CDs. Uh, we'll see how this goes. It's going pretty well now at the moment, so we'll we'll have a look at things. I think, you know, if we had the option, we'd probably rather do the tape than the t T-shirt. Um, So we might look at that again before the end of the year.
0: Yeah. Who's got tape players anymore, man? I know I do. I <laughs> do, yeah. A
2: <Yeah.
0: laughs> oh, man. All cars, Me you know. <laughs>
2: Is
0: there any, there's only a few of us. Uh, it's very much a death metal type thing, actually, isn't it? More so than anything else. Black
1: metal. Black metal. Black metal, yeah. sorry, yeah. yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah, it's a it's a fun extravagance to have. We have, have a
1: tape it? label here in Corkshire with um, with, with That's Zahy. right, yeah. Zahy, yeah, Zahy, Flair. Zahy does does limited runs. And he's uh, he some interesting stuff, Dungeon Synth and a lot of a lot of black metal. Gallagher on it, I think.
2: Mm. That's right, yeah. I was checking out a lot of that stuff on Instagram last night. Um, somebody mm. put up a picture of a bunch of tapes and then it just led me down, uh, you know, a wormhole or a vortex or something just checking out all <laughs> yeah. these bands. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. He's got good quality. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's a nice plug as well. Lads, Greg and Cahal, thanks a million for coming on Thank the you, show Richie. again for, thanks, Mel. for Parhelia and Howard. Much appreciated as always. You're, you're more than welcome anytime, anytime Howard. Anytime, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you've been listening to The Metal Cell and thanks, everybody.